You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. It's more important than what you do. The only way that you're going to have any kind of success in your life, you have to buy into a process of what it takes to reach a goal. How can I be the best I can be at what I do? How much of your time was spent and how much was it invested in your goal? Can't do it unless you can overcome adversity because that's what makes great things great is the things that you had to overcome to accomplish them. We have about five choices in our life, and everybody has a choice as to what they want to do and how they want to do that. But if you're going to be excellent or elite, you got to do special things. You have to have special intensity. You have to have special focus. It doesn't matter what God-given ability that you have, but without the rest of it, I'm not sure you ever get excellent or elite. You have to have toughness. What does it take to break you? I don't care what circumstance you're faced with. What does it take to break your focus, to make you give in? You're tired or you don't feel like giving effort or finishing the play like you should? I'm not saying it's our goal to try to break you. It's just the way it is in football. It's going to be difficult. You're getting yourself ready to play at a high level. And just because you got beat on the last play, that can't affect the next play. That's breaking you. Your frustration is breaking you. What does it take to break you? We should help others. We should serve other people all the time. You cannot be a leader and affect other people if you're not willing to serve other people. Think of our lives as every day we should appreciate the opportunity that we have to accomplish and affect something. Earn this. Everybody made all these sacrifices for you to live. Go live a good life. Be a good father. Help other people. Accomplish something of significance. Make a difference. That would be my message to everybody here. Make a difference and help everybody's spirit in a positive way. God bless you and roll tight. Jay Barker led the Crimson Tide to a national championship in 1992, winner of the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award and a finalist for the Heisman Trophy, voted the SEC Player of the Year and was drafted by the Green Bay Packers, also seeing time with the New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. He is the winningest quarterback in Alabama history, 35-2-1, member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Jay Barker brings that same championship quality and football expertise to his own radio network and show. Joining him is Lars Anderson, New York Times bestselling author, 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, and professor at the University of Alabama. Live from the AVX studios in Birmingham, Alabama, The Jay Barker Show. All right, welcome in. It is the Monday edition. We had a great show lined up for you uh, coming up. Uh, not only will Cole be back with us, our now NFL expert, who'll be with us here in just a little bit. We got also Andrew Bones going to be joining us. Chris Walsh will join us out of the top. So look forward to that as well here at twelve fifteen, and get his take on Alabama Crimson Tide the draft, and then coming up a little bit later on, Mick Gillespie as well. So Mick will be with us at one thirty at twelve oh five or one oh five. Excuse me, Andrew Bone will talk recruiting with him. But a lot to get into. We are presented by Top Golf of Birmingham. We've got Top Golf today. Mark Grenier, all the great folks there at Top Golf, a great place, coworkers, family, and friends. We love it, and we think you will as well. Driven by Sunday King Ford on the sunny side of the street. Go by and see Tony Curry, Tony Curry, <laughs> Tony Russell, <laughs> and Tony Curry might be there one day. And uh, I guess see all the great folks there at Sunny King Ford. All right, I uh, hope everybody had a great weekend. Lars, Matt, how are you guys? Terrific, man. Life Dude. is life is good in Coulter's world. Yeah, life is really good uh, in my world, too. Uh, my son, Lincoln, 
he uh, uh, made it to the finals of his baseball, I don't know, base, whatever they call it. <laughs> when you're seven years old, mm -hmm. not like the World Series, but baseball playoffs, they ended up losing. Uh, he was okay with that, and uh, but uh, finished in second. He should my, never be okay with he that. He was okay <laughs> with that, Lars! <laughs> he actually was. He told me before the game, he's like, you know, Daddy, I have so many trophies. It's okay if the other team gets the big trophy. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> no. Uh, I was like, son? No. Uh, and then uh, on, on Sunday, my girls, uh, my twins, twin five-year-olds finished up uh, their uh, uh, soccer uh, uh, season. Okay. And, and Jay, so they, they all got participation trophies. Mm -hmm. Matt and I were talking about this earlier mm -hmm. uh, before the show. What are your thoughts on five-year-olds getting participation trophies? Uh, I gotta say, like, if you, you, are you gonna let me get my opinion first, or are you gonna... <laughs> I, yes? Go ahead, go ahead. I, I don't want to taint your opinion. I, I, you know, I, I've kind of gone back and forth. When they're that young, I understand you want to keep them engaged, right? So you want to give them maybe something at the end or whatever. I don't. But but I'm really have always been against it. I've always been like, you go play it. There's a trophy to be won. If you win it, that's what it is. And I, that's the way it was for me from the time I was five all the way through. Now I will say this. Um, I think we did get like team trophies, even at that young age at a banquet where they'd hand it out and say, Hey, you know, for being a part of the team this year, whatever. Then they gave out an MVP. They gave out, um, uh, different awards and stuff. But you only got one trophy from the league that said you were the champion. So there was nothing about, you know, winner or whatever else, uh, all that kind of stuff. And I don't even remember if they even gave us trophies at that time. I, I, I'm not a big fan of participation trophies. I'm a big fan of winning it and uh, whether it's first, second, third, fourth, whatever place it is, um, earning it on the field more than just participating. The participation should be the part that you want to do not to get something. It ought to be something that you want to work hard to get better at the sport, enjoy the sport, and that you shouldn't be rewarded, in my mind, just for being out there. Instead, it should be that love of the game that you want to be there. And maybe I'm wrong about that. And I know the psychology of kids today, that things are so different. We reward pretty much all kinds of behavior. But that would be my initial stance on it, no doubt. I think I'm in line with you. Yeah. Uh, I was just surprised that uh, how I felt when when they got those trophies. They were just beaming. They were so happy because now they were saying, "Saying now we we have a trophy. We can we got one like brother, you know, because uh, oh, Lincoln's cool. yeah. won several things already." Yeah. And um, so they they were just so thrilled. But I agree with you. I don't know what the magic number is uh, for the age where you should cut off giving participation trophies. And, uh, and, and because I mentioned this to Matt earlier, like you, you learn so much more from losing than you do winning. And if there's really no consequences of losing, meaning like, hey, everybody gets a trophy, win or lose, mm -hmm. then you, you don't feel the sting as deeply when you lose as a kid than uh than you would if you wouldn't get some hardware and i think you lose motivation you see the other mm -hmm. kids celebrating with their trophies you're going i want one of those next year oh well, well by the way here's one mm -hmm. no. anyway. I, I think our participation trophy was the jerseys and the hats and the things that we get to take with us from the season you know that that was kind of like our the memory of that the, the, uh, the other thing, too, and we, we've talked about this many times, so a lot of you listening in, you probably hate us talking about But I, I hate the snacks. I mean, I used to tell them with the mom. From my <laughs> I don't like, be like Don't give <laughs> snacks out. You know, go to, let them go to the concession stand. 
get food like we oh did. My but, gosh. You, know, you know, let's pack the oranges. April, let's have a, April's a snack queen. Let's have a snack. <laughs> <laughs> we got let's, dirt clods and a flat Coke. Yeah. Let's have a snack. A, a snack I remember uh, what, schedule is what, what they would come out I with. Still, and I still have this. It was the first trophy I ever won because we did not get participation trophies, right? Uh, mm. But I did punt, pass, and kick yep. as a uh, – I must have been like in fifth grade, and I got I finished second. Uh, and so I still have that silver trophy. Did you guys do punt, pass, and kick? Yeah, I did it. How'd you, I, you, I'm I sure you won. I, no, I did not win it, but I, I went all the way down to – at that time they were doing it – you played. You did it at your um, your park. So you started there. And I made it to the finals at Rickwood Field. That's where they used to have it at Rickwood Field, and go out there, and they would. That would be the ending of it. And I didn't do very well at Rickwood Field. <laughs> I what, what, was your, what was your weakness? Uh, punting at that time. <laughs> oh, kicking just was flat, okay. I just kept I flashback. Kept, kept I shanking it on Monday Night Football. They used to have the finals at halftime. Oh, that was so right. fun. Do y'all remember? Yeah. At one time, there was this kid. It was like 6'1", 250, and he was like three of the – do y'all remember that, mm-hmm. how big he was? Uh, he, he looked like – what's his name? The, the quarterback for Kentucky. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lorenzen? Lorenzen, yeah. Yeah, yeah Jared. But, uh, anyway, I, t- I took a left turn there real quick. All right, real quick, through some of the uh, the headlines, the biggest Eli Ricks uh, got uh, speeding and possession of marijuana. I think Austin O Insurance gets pulled over and uh, first marijuana possession, so his bond was set for $0. Uh, and he's a- a- absolutely a playmaker when it comes for Alabama and a guy that can be a real uh, big-time player on that side of the football. We know how Saban handles this. We're not going to hear much about it. Um, there will be steps that will be taken. He really does a great job of this, was criticized about it early on. I think you've seen the results of other guys that have gone on and had great careers after they've had incidences like this, Mac Jones, others. Uh, there's, But I'm just bringing out one that's major that you know, went on to become a first-round draft pick as a quarterback, and also really got everything put together. There are a lot of coaches who are now coaches at other places that had issues with not just this but other substances that are now doing great. So Saban has done a great job of getting them with the right people in order to get through the things they got to get through in order to come back, and that's why he's been called the coach rehab as well as uh, other things. Georgia breaks the uh, NFL record, 15 players drafted. That's big for Kirby Smart. Why is it big? Recruiting. Recruiting is based on how can I prepare, develop a guy, get him ready for the NFL. That was huge for Kirby. We'll talk about Alabama's numbers coming up here in just a second with Chris Walsh. Also, Iowa State quarterback, Mr. Irrelevant. I know you guys saw him, uh, and we'll get into that. And uh, also, again, Chris Walsh. And actually, a really great interview with Jim Moore. We're going to play that uh, after we talk to Chris at some point in time. But I don't know if you saw that interview he did on Bama Central. Jim Moore talking about uh, Alabama players in the NFL the impact they can make, the wear and tear that a lot of times has been talked about. Uh, he didn't buy into it, Jim didn't, but talked about how prepared they are coming in and how developed they are once they get to the NFL. Yeah, and, uh, you know, congratulations to Georgia for um, for having a record 15 players drafted. Mm-hmm. That just shows you how good last year's Georgia team was and uh I still argue, I'll still argue that uh, if Alabama didn't lose both of their starting wide receivers, they would have won the game. But uh, nonetheless, uh, uh, really impressive what uh, Kirby Smart has done in building that program mm-hmm. and getting elite talent, Matt. Um, just a couple of notes. Yeah, uh, we talked about this earlier as well, but uh, Georgia has you know, made their mark on college football based on Nick Saban's plan. And 
I don't know that Kirby's come directly out and said that. His players have. Other players have. I think it's more than obvious. I mean, look at this, his strong suit. Recruiting. Getting the playoffs. Defense. That's how Saban started it. So, uh, all the evidence is there. But here's the deal. Uh, lose 15 players and see how you come back the next year. Uh, I, I think that's the real litmus test when it t- comes to Georgia and their football program. But uh, Bama's still number one. But uh, Georgia is number two. And and I would say gaining a little bit based just on the last couple of years. Just a couple of notes from uh, from my book over here. Okay. Um, B-Rob, glad to see him. Yep. He actually went a little earlier than I thought he would. Uh, Chris Owens got picked up, free agent, Steelers. But there's another guy I, I'm really, really pulling for. And I guess you mentioned Brock Purdy, right? Yes. Um, yep. He's Mr. Irrelevant. Mr. Irrelevant. But I've seen enough of him to think that he, he could probably hold a clipboard. I think he can make it there. So there are just a couple of uh, my observations. And one more, and you guys know. How many running backs were taken in the first round? Zero. Zero. One quarterback. Row. No running backs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And yeah. one quarter. That's and, maybe yeah. more significant. And uh, what, six wide receivers? Yeah, that just shows you, Lars, and you have uh, made a point of this. Um, that league has not – it's not changing. It has changed. It has a wide changed. receiver league. Yeah, yeah, because it's really hard to have a, an elite quarterback and then more than one wide receiver on that second contract. And so you want to get guys in the first round. So you have them for five years on that first rookie year, rookie deal that absolutely won't crush your salary cap. I mean, that's why you saw Tyreek Hill get traded and and so many other wide receivers uh, over over the offseason. A.J. Brown was the one that really that smacked me. And congratulations to our USFL Birmingham Stallions. Undefeated. Only undefeated team now in the league. And a great thing for Birmingham. All right, hour number one is off and running. Matt Coulter. We got uh, Lars Anderson. I'm Jay Barker. We got Josh Smith there at Crawford studios and also joe gaither producing from 100.9 fm our flagship station down in tuscaloosa stay with us we'll be back you're listening to the jay barker show live from the avx studios in downtown birmingham Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A warm afternoon, the sky partially sunny, the chance of a few scattered showers or storms through the evening hours. The high today, 84, tonight's low 65. Tomorrow, a mixture of clouds and sunshine, and again, the chance of scattered showers and thunderstorms, the high 85. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 80 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Welcome back in as we continue hour number one here on this Monday edition right after the NFL draft this weekend. And nobody better to talk about it uh, than BamaCentral.com's Chris Walsh, part of SI. And they did a great job covering the draft as well as giving us knowing throughout the day all the latest coverage who was being drafted. But also a lot of you know uh, just tidbits about each one of the players and snippets about them as far as their careers, what they've done. Also, another great listing on there. Uh, is the entire list of guys who are now in the NFL, where teams they're on, what teams are stacked with Alabama guys. Pretty awesome stuff. But let's welcome a man from BamaCentral.com. He normally joins us on Thursday, but asked to come on today and kind of give us an update on the draft. But Chris Walsh joins us. Chris, hope you had a great weekend. Thanks. Uh, how are you guys doing today? Man, doing Morning. good. Doing good. So, again, first of all, just it's not the numbers we're used to in the first round. 
Seven guys get drafted. It's not the numbers. I know this was written about by your guys on Bama Central. You talked about it. Great interview with Jim Moore, by the way, and we're going to play that a little bit later on the show. But um, just kind of you're you're just kind of a uh, hundred thousand foot look down at the draft and kind of where you think Alabama uh, won, where maybe they could have uh, been better. But I just think expectations are just so high right now for for any Saban team. Yeah, you know. This draft was a little bit different, and I've been covering drafts now, really, as long as I can remember, it seems like. But one thing that kind of jumped out to me was that you're seeing NFL teams trust their draft boards and stick to their guns more than we used to. And so you aren't seeing as many as the, of the reaches, I think. And, um, you know, it's, it's some of the, you know, it, it's, Teams are looking for specific things more and more. I, I think that's pretty obvious. Now, granted, everyone's looking for speed. That's the one constant that uh, you're seeing in college and the NFL. And, and a big reason why, uh, you know, Jameson Williams going number 12 after suffering an ACL injury. I mean, a few years ago, that probably would have been um, unheard of. But uh, it's great for him. And, you know, John Mechie going in the second round, that, that's great for him, too, even though he had a big injury as well. But, um, yeah, I love it when I, I see, like, online, um, you know, on social media, people are like, oh, Saban had a down year. It's like they had two first-round draft picks. They had two second-round draft picks. They had two third-round draft picks. I mean, that's not a down year. But at the same time, um, my biggest takeaway is, and, and I wrote about this a while ago, you know, Georgia had – 15 draft picks. They, you know, it's all you're hearing is about how great that, that Georgia team was. Well, Alabama took it to them in the SEC championship and was a quarter away from winning the national championship and only had seven draft picks. Georgia had 15. That tells me that that might be the best example of how good of a coach Dick Saban is that I could come up with. Aside from Evan Neal and uh, Jamison Williams, who were picked in the first round, what Alabama player do you think is going to have the greatest impact in the NFL over the next five years? Hmm. Good question. Um, I think Jalen Armour Davis ended up with a really good team for him, uh, the Ravens. I think that's a really good fit. He's going to have a chance to grow and and do some things. But the guy that I think – yeah, I think you got to go to the Texan guys. Um John Mechie and Christian Harris, they're going to a team that needs a lot of help, um, and and they're very high on both these guys. I, I think they're going to have a chance to make immediate impacts um, with that team. And, I mean, you know, you look at Mathis with Washington, you know, that's great, but Washington's pretty stacked on the defensive line already. Uh, it's. I, I don't think he's going to be a starter this year. He's going to be in the rotation, obviously. And then Brian Robinson um, also going to Washington. You know, it's. It, it's. I think. It, I think they're more role players uh, at this point who will have a chance to grow. But those guys going to the Texans, I think that it, it good fits, and they're going to have a lot of uh, opportunity there. Chris Walsh, our guest on the Jay Barker Show. Chris, I want to go back to something you said at the end of your last answer, and I just agree so wholeheartedly uh, about Bama, Georgia, and and the numbers that we see now and the fact that Alabama was an injured wide receiver, maybe just one away from winning a national championship against Georgia. Mm -hmm. It goes back to the old Bryant adage. Bryant could take his and beat yours 
and then he could date yours and beat his. And and I think that there's no better example than that game. And I appreciate you bringing that out and also, also uh, doing it so astutely. Now, um, <laughs> Alabama players, <laughs> Alabama players that sign free agent contracts and. Let's see. I've, I've, I think I've got them all listed here. Slade Bolton went to the Ravens. Uh, Chris Allen went to Denver. Y'all help me on where Job went. Uh, Chris Owens went to the Steelers. I think there's one more. Which of the free agent signings uh, from Alabama to the NFL have the best chance of uh, making a go at it? Job with the Eagles. Yes, Job the Eagles. Uh, yeah, I, I like Job with the Eagles. I, I like um, I, I like Bolton to the Ravens because the Ravens didn't take a wide receiver. Um and so they're looking for someone to kind of step up. And, you know, it's, he's one of those guys who kind of sat there and was like, well, he isn't that fast. And, and, you know, he doesn't have the physical attributes. He's got the want to, though. And, and that's something, um, you know, with the Ravens, I think is going to uh, fit him very well. They, they love that kind of thing. Um, so I think that's, that's probably as good of a fit as, as he could have had. Um, I don't think Owens is going to last very long in Pittsburgh, unfortunately, because they're, it's, he's going to have to be a center. And they've, they've already got, unless they have an injury, uh, that one's going to be a, a, a little bit tricky. Um, I think that's about it. Yep. And I'll tell you, that a great stat you brought up on uh, BamaCentral.com, reading it uh, the other day, or it was Sunday, uh, 36 players drafted this year in that talent came from the college football playoffs uh, that reached that uh, that particular point. Uh, so uh, Alabama, Cincinnati, Georgia, and Michigan combined for 36 players drafted. Uh, fresh off their first national title, you write, in over 40 years, the Georgia Bulldogs were the story of the draft of the 15 players we talked about as far as the modern, modern draft record. Alabama uh, with seven and five from Michigan, and uh, also Cincinnati had nine players selected. Wow. Uh, then you go on down and it, look. I mean, that, to me, those numbers are just unbelievable. Thinking about what it means. I mean, to have the talent and the guys that are recognized, and to participate in the college football playoffs, it gives you a pedestal and an outreach there to a lot of these scouts and NFL coaches to watch. Yeah, you know, it's so funny because it's you watch the draft and all of a sudden, like somebody's name come, comes up, and you're like. Oh wow! You know, I remember that guy. What happened to him? You know, kind of thing like um, mm-hmm. the, the 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 Clemson wide receiver who didn't get drafted. Uh, Ross is that his name? Um, yeah, who was so Ross. good against? Yeah, I it mean, who would have predicted that? Ago. That's yeah. just, that's incredible. Um, but I, I, I tell you what, here's a stat that kind of really jumped out at me, and and um, we're we're doing something a little bit different today. We we took our our. Alabama players in the NFL database that we have that's just so comprehensive. We updated everything and we're relaunching it. So like every hour we have a new category that's going up on, on Bama Central today. But the last or the second to last is on um, draft picks by position. And um, it's it's for, you know, like we, we, we tally up like under Nick Saban, which position, you know, uh, you know, how many draft picks he's had at each position. And it's it's pretty predictable. You sit there and go, okay, yeah, linebacker, you know, even though the shift has kind of changed a little bit. But the the thing that jumped out at me, and this was the last ad I was working on last night, so that's probably why it's so fresh in my mind, is um, Alabama's had 11 wide receivers selected in the draft under Nick Saban. Eight of them have gone in the first round. Um, tackle, it's seven out of ten 
I believe. And then overall, of all the players been selected in the draft under Nick Saban in Alabama, it's like 37% of them went in the first round. That's just ridiculous. That is ridiculous. Yeah. And, and Chris, on, uh, on a whole, looking at uh, the entirety of the NFL, what, uh, what team sticks out to you as having the best draft? Oh, man. Um, I got to go with the Jets and the Eagles. First, yeah. uh, Isn't that crazy to really say the Jets? Team. Yeah, or, or, the, or the Eagles. I mean, it's, it's, I, real quick, years and years ago, I used to have a, um, a roommate who was an Eagles fan. He was in TV and I was in, in newspapers. And uh, we were watching the draft. And I swear this is true. The, the, the Eagles were, you know, he's, he's all gung-ho. He's watching the draft. He's, he's parked out in front of the TV. And they, they make their first-round draft pick. And he gets up and he walks over to the TV and he moon the TV. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, you know, I've been giving him so much grief about how bad the Eagles draft year in, year out. And I can't do it anymore. I mean, it, it, that was an awesome draft that they had. Um, and it was very surprising, if you will, uh, because it's been so long. And the Jets look great. Um, now I get to pick on my, my, my friend who's a Bears fan. I mean, I, I sit there and tell him that they might as well just draft a punter because, uh, you know, the way that they've been picking the last few years. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at your, your uh, board over the uh, over the uh, my players by NFL teams. AFC North by far is uh, got the most. It looks like uh, New England's got what six guys. Pittsburgh's got five. You've got um, I think uh, Vegas has got five as well. Uh, Cleveland's got four. I mean, it's I mean, it's just amazing. You go through that whole list. Buffalo's only got one. Los Angeles has one, which is J.K. Scott. Kansas City's got one, which is uh, Dieter, the wide receiver. Um, you know, it, it it really is. I mean, just the amount of numbers. That go on in Washington's right there. I mean, you know, with all the, it, it's pretty amazing what they've done and accomplished over the years. The amount of guys they're in the NFL and the the impact players. Is, and as you talked about, thirty seven percent to be first rounders. Hey, look, we got uh, another guest coming up. We're up against a break, but uh, man, always great stuff. Go to BamaCentral.com. You're going to find everything you need from the draft to all things Alabama Crimson Tide. Again, this BamaCentral.com. One of our great friends, teammates here on the show. Chris Wass joining us here on this Monday edition. Normally on Thursdays, coming in with us on Monday. Chris, thank you. Thanks, Chris. Have a great week, guys. You too, brother. All right, man. Chris Wash, BamaCentral.com. All right, we'll return. Stay with us. We're live from AVX. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX studios in downtown Birmingham. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option, high-intensity focused ultrasound, or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHealth.com. Hi, it's Jay Barker for AVX, Audio Video Excellence. They are the premier provider for custom audiovisual design and installation in the Southeast. AVX seeks excellence in everything it does, including a superior employee experience. AVX offers employees an industry-leading salary, insurance benefits, and 401k options. AVX technicians also receive the highest level of certification and continue training, making it one of the most awarded and decorated companies in the industry. Career opportunities are available now. 
out for technicians in Birmingham and Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. Join the AVX team by contacting them at avxinc.com. Gary Burley here for Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. As a 10-year National Football League veteran, you can imagine my surprise being diagnosed with cancer and starting chemotherapy treatment back in 2014. I suffered from a lot of pain and offered up prayer during those days as I made it into remission. But I developed neuropathy. Anyone that suffers from this condition knows the pain is excruciating. Nerve numbness and tingling along the tissue that won't heal. I tried everything for relief, folks, until my wife suggested I call Dr. Williford of Williford Chiropractic and wellness. I called at 205-909-7373 and scheduled an appointment. After three treatments, I began experiencing relief that I haven't had in years. If you're suffering from neuropathy, I suggest you reach out to Dr. Williford and his great staff at WillifordChiropracticAndWellness.com. Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. Give them a call at 205-909-7373. Balance your brain. Balance your life. Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Hi, it's Jay Barker for Siebel's in downtown Homewood, and now's the time to get your special place ready. Come in and let Siebel's design your porch with Kingsley Bait Outdoor Furniture and one of their custom swinging beds. For the great room, you're going to need their Carson Swivel Recliner. Siebel's is the number one Carson Recliner dealer in the country, and Sarah and I, we've got one, and we absolutely love it. Be sure also to check out their famous custom-made beds and bunk beds built by Siebel's and made up with some of their best linens in town. Their staff can truly put your bed together like no other store. You can also follow Siebel's and shop on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood. The number is 800-448-1962. That's 800-448-1962. And just for listening, go to Siebel'sCottage.com and order anything you want and type in Jay Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on The Jay Barker Show. Siebel's in downtown Homewood or online at Siebel'sCottage.com. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's C. Letter O. Welcome back in, and uh, another another uh, moment with Cole Thompson, one of our uh, draft analysts now. Been a lot of fun to spend time with him over the last couple of days, last week uh, leading up to the draft and uh, throughout the draft, and then today to kind of recap 
all this happened. Former student of uh, Lars Anderson. But Cole, I hope you had a great weekend, my man. I didn't sleep, and uh, you know what? That's okay, because I'm going to get to catch up on my sleep today and tomorrow, which is always positive. And it's always good to talk to you guys. You know, it's like I'm part of the gang now. Yeah, most definitely. Well, uh, just kind of your overview, who, who, uh, winners, losers. Who's the biggest winner? Who's the biggest loser in the draft in your mind? Off, off paper, the biggest loser to me is actually the Arizona Cardinals. I did not agree with the move to bring in Marquise Hollywood-Brown with the first-round pick. And it's not because of, I don't think Brown is a successful wide receiver. He's a very high-volume number, two. And in the offense that you're going to run underneath Cliff Kingsbury, you need that vertical presence. And the connection with Kyler Murray is uncanny due to that Heisman Trophy year in 2019. But you gave him a first-round pick for a guy that has only two years left on his rookie contract, and you're going to have to pay him pretty soon, even though you opted in on his fifth-year deal. When you could have added in a receiver by either trading up, maybe trading down, getting more draft capital, you need to go ahead and upgrade your offensive line. And you would have had five years of roster control where all these other teams that we're seeing at least added in a player or they at least added in one name that you could have roster control over. It's completely different than the the trade of uh, uh, A.J. Brown because A.J. Brown is a consistent 1,000-yard receiver, high-volume touchdown guy. And Marquise Brown has been a stable number two, maybe number three in most offenses to where I just didn't agree with the move. Biggest winner, the team that traded him, the Baltimore Ravens. They got better every single step along the way. They found immense starting potential all across the board. Kyle Hamilton is a plug-and-play starting safety Opposite of Marcus Williams, who they added in free agency, and they are going to be healthier at the cornerback position by getting guys such as uh, Marlon Humphrey back and Marcus Peters back. They also added in a pretty decent nickel and Jalen Amore Davis from Alabama. Uh, David Ajabo is going to be a top 10 player at his position because they're going to utilize him as a standing nine technique, which I think is his ultimate home in the NFL. And even though they have to redshirt him for a year, I think it would be tremendous upside with him. There were people talking about him going top 10. To get him in the second round is great. Travis Jones is another guy that you can play as a nose guard right away. And Tyler Linderbaum was a top-five player on my board. For him to go to 25 overall, I don't know how you get much better. I mean, you look at the way that they built offensive lines up in Baltimore. That's been one of their strengths. They've been able to find premier talent with Ronnie Stanley, Orlando Brown Jr., Marshall Yanda. They also brought in Daniel Falale, who could have a year to sit behind Morgan Moses. Eric Acosta knows how to draft everything but wide receiver, and he also didn't draft a wide receiver. So for that... They absolutely crushed this year's draft, and I do think that while Lamar is going to be upset and he won't have his number one receiver, Baltimore got better. And Baltimore last season was a nine-win team with hampering injuries. For them to be able to get all this talent and be fully healthy, they usually could win the AFC North, and they could actually contend for a Super Bowl. Cole, uh, I want to put a pause on the draft for a second and go back to something else we talked about last week. And that was when I let the cat out of the bag that uh, you're going to be uh, dropping to a knee here in about, uh, what, 10, da- 10 days now? Yeah. About 10 days. You're in the uh, game-winning formation when you hit your knees. Yeah. 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 Right. All right. So so I, I, I had asked you if you had prepared anything. <laughs> and uh, I, I'm not so great at the marriage thing. I'm, I'm 0 for 2. But I'm 2 really? for 2 when it comes to securing engagements. And each time I, I ran it back, right? I uh, I, I uh, memorized a poem by William Blake that always got the job done. It was, he who bends himself to a joy does the wing life destroy. But he who kisses the joy as it flies shall live in eternity's sunrise. And then you say, hey, will you live in eternity's sunrise with me? And it works every time. Hell no with that crap. Get out of here, man. So, so, I want to marry so, a man. So, so, 
So, Cole, what I want to know is, have you come Enough up about that, Matt? Have, have you have you come up with uh, what you are going to say to make sure that you secure the yes? I don't know yet, but I know that I definitely would marry you if you asked me that way. So, I mean, congratulations on that. It worked. I mean, I guess it, I guess it worked really well because I was thrown in my car sitting here listening to it and go, wow. Is Lars asking me that pop the question? Uh, Lars popped the question to me. I mean, that sounds <laughs> wonderful. I mean, I don't know how a girl could say no. I can't say no. So imagine what she's probably thinking right now. Um, no, I haven't thought of it completely yet. I'm working on it. I'm trying to tie in how she has a very specific number of a 14. 14 was actually a very sour number in her life due to some past influences. And a lot of the time that we've been using the number 14, it's been positive. We moved in together on the 14th. We got our dog on the 14th. I'm proposing on the 14th. We're planning on getting married on the 14th. So the 14th is a very significant number in her life, and I'm trying to turn it from a negative to a positive. So that's the best way I can kind of turn it around. That's uh, that's kind of what I'm going with. I still haven't found the right words, mostly because I've been writing thousands of words on NFL draft prospects and how they fit certain offenses. <laughs> right. <laughs> You know, oh, I know it's important. I mean, luck, I know it's yeah. important to have that, but, right. you know, yeah. right now it's a sure. little bit more important to talk about how uh, John Mechie can fit in the Texans' offense as a spot receiver yeah. and how <laughs> yes. and and find a way yeah. to be successful as a blitzer in space. I mean, I think that's a little bit more important than Kirsten. The number 14 Let's is synonymous with negativity. How Here's a positive. <laughs> okay, just write 14 uh, reasons why. Back, right? back to the draft. Um, not a quarterback draft, and that was proven early. Uh, and I was surprised some of these guys, particularly Malik Willis, dropped. And, for that matter, Matt Corral. Uh, just assess the quarterbacks here. Does any one of them have a chance of really playing and starting, uh, taking snaps in the NFL? And uh, a, a note on Corral, because apparently it appeared that he had maybe some emotional issues that popped up in interviews. So the Matt Corral thing, from what I've heard, is a lot of deal with mental health, which I do think that we need to take a month control over. You know, it is a very serious issue in today's society, and I do think that, you know, sometimes we throw that word mental health around where we actually need people who actually have mental health issues to check in on them. So that's a big thing that I think does fall in. But if you're asking which quarterback I do believe has the best opportunity to start outside of Kenny Pickett, it's Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter went to, a, went to the best situation, in my personal opinion, and I had him mocked the Atlanta Falcons for quite some time. When he was at the uh, NFL Combine this past year, he compared his game to two style of quarterbacks. Number one was Ryan Tannehill because he worries more about his efficient passing downfield rather than the deep shots. And number two is Marcus Mariota because of his mobility. Arthur Smith has only worked with two quarterbacks and found success marginally with Mariota and then found immense success with the likes of Ryan Tannehill, transforming him to the comeback player of the year, getting Tennessee to the postseason twice, and being able to be a Pro Bowl caliber quarterback after that trade that nobody thought anything of when he was at the Miami Dolphins. So I do think that the leash is very short for Mariota because of the style of play that worked for Ryan Tannehill works for Desmond Ritter. He's got to get better with his completion rating downfield. He's got to get better with his vision. He's got to get better with his decision-making. But all the tools are there for him to be a successful quarterback in this Arthur Smith-led offense. And in large part, they have two 12-personnel tight ends that they can utilize with John Fitzpatrick, Anthony Fersker, and then, of course, Kyle Pitts is your flex option. Getting a big receiver like a Julio Jones fits in with Drake London, so they're going to be able to win in the red zone. They did upgrade the running attack with Ty Algier out of BYU. I really like the defensive picks they added. D'Angelo Malone from Western Kentucky, we all focus in on the offensive players, the Jared Stearns and the uh, Bailey Zappi. 
D'Angelo Malone was a two-time Conference USA Defensive Player of the Year, and there's a reason why he's going to be successful as a 3-4 outside linebacker. Atlanta did a really nice job with their draft, but I do think that Ritter was the surprise pick. He's going into an organization that is looking to win long-term, and he will at least have a year to finalize himself as a quarterback for the long-term. Here's the reality of it as well. If all of these guys end up stinking like some people believe that they will, none of them were drafted in the first round to where next season you could say, it didn't work with this guy. Let's go ahead and draft a guy in the first round. Let's stabilize our roster. Let's get a player who we can have five years of roster control on. But again, last season, Davis Mills from the Houston Texans, he impressed down the stretch and arguably was the best quarterback, even better at times than Matt Jones toward the end of the year, to where Houston's going to run it back with him and see what they have. Maybe that's the situation they have with Malik Willis. Maybe that's the situation they have with Desmond Ritter, with Matt Corral. But the reality is that if they don't impress early, it's okay because the GMs are basically saying, we know this quarterback class has some inconsistencies. Let's pivot to next year and see where the difference is between the two. Coach Thompson joining us, our NFL analyst now, and uh, from Fan Nation, really appreciate him coming on and being with us. Um, I guess Justin Ross, we brought him up earlier, a guy that was such an unbelievable player against Alabama um, and in that championship game. Kind of just, where is he? Where in the minds of the scouts, and why did he drop out of the, out of the draft? The spinal injury is a major concern. I mean, it really is, and unfortunately, that does happen. When you have some type of injury such as that to where you're not even sure you're going to be able to walk, possibly, uh, walk straight possibly again, let alone run routes at an NFL professional level, there's a lot of questions with that. And I do believe that it does lead us back to the concept of the NIL deal, which to me now is really becoming synonymous with these players. Because if you really are looking at it, Justin Ross on paper is arguably a top 10 wide receiver in this year's class. His route running is superb, rarely drops passes, is a really good uh, volume type receiver and does a great job tracking the football down the field. And now he's fighting for a roster spot as an undrafted free agent on the Kansas City Chiefs. The good news is he's going to an organization that just seems to know how to find talent out the wazoo, and he should be able to carve out a niche role for himself very early on, similar to what Byron Pringle did when he started his career, and then he signed a mega deal this offseason with the Chicago Bears. So potentially that does work out, but at the same time, there's a reason why we have to have that conversation about NIL and maybe why it does work, because Justin Ross was going to be a first-round wide receiver two years ago. The final injury cost him a season, and it cost him a draft lane. So you look at the team as a whole, there's reasons why NIL does work. There's reasons why people are supporting it. This is a pretty odd reason why. Good point. All right, can you hold for one more segment? You good? Absolutely. All right, awesome. And also, you, you can play Fortnite with your uh, your fiance. Fortnite means 14. You, have, you can make a ring and all that stuff. It'd be awesome. Right. I did not think about that. <laughs> I did not think about that. Thank you, Jay. That'd be good. Yeah. We'll throw out ideas for you. No doubt. All right. We'll come back. Cole Thompson on the other side. Right here live from ABX. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A warm afternoon, the sky partially sunny, the chance of a few scattered showers or storms through the evening hours. The high today, 84, tonight's low, 65. Tomorrow, a mixture of clouds and sunshine, and again, the chance of scattered showers and thunderstorms, the high, 85. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 80 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You're a rich girl and you're gone too far Cause you know it don't matter anyway You can rely on the old man's money You can rely on the old man's money It's 
a bitch girl But it's gone too far Cause you know it don't matter anyway Say money, money won't get you too far Get you too far all right, welcome back in as we continue live from AVX here on this Monday edition after the draft of 2022 and Alabama 7, Georgia, and uh, a record 15 drafted and uh, pretty amazing what they've done. It shows you we looked at the CFP in the playoffs, 36 players out of the four teams ended up being picked up in the draft. So it shows a lot about not only the talent, as we brought up earlier, but the the promotional product of being on TV and being a part of those uh, those type of games. But uh, Cole Thompson, uh, Lars, our guest, your former student, and uh, giving us some great insight. Yeah, it, it's been so long since Cole's a student of mine, and uh, we've maintained a uh, a, a friendship uh, over the years, and uh, I'm so proud of him and everything he's doing. He's just His career is ascending. He's also the godfather. He's the godfather to uh, Autumn, mm. my daughter. Uh, but anyway, Cole, uh, getting back to the draft. Slade Bolden, were you surprised that he came out and didn't get picked? Uh, ends up as a as a uh, undrafted free agent with the Ravens. Does he make the Ravens team? He could. I, I really think he could because the one thing that he has for him is very similar to what John Mechie has for him. Can't teach. You either have or you don't. It really comes down to the precision when it comes to cuts. When it comes to working up field, when it comes to change of direction, those are all things that Bolden has that really works, especially at a third down type receiver. I see a lot of Adam Humphreys to his name, and when Adam Humphreys is at his best, he was working in the Tennessee offense to an exceeding—I mean, a um, not Tennessee offense, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense—at an exceedingly well rate as a third down primary receiver. If you can utilize him in that way, he can have a niche role, probably be a part of the five-man rotation receiver set, good third down, third and short situation, both dump pass off from Lamar Jackson. That's how you want to utilize him. Uh, dude, I think he was going to get drafted. I thought he was a fringe third day three player, and that means a, a seventh-round kind of roster waiver type guy. Maybe he does get drafted. Maybe he doesn't. You look at his production, you know, it was good at Alabama, but there are some limitations to his overall game. And when you're taking flyers on seventh-round picks, you're usually looking for one of two things, either solid production, which he does have, or you're looking for potential when it comes to athleticism, which, unfortunately, he doesn't. But that doesn't mean he can't be effective on a roster, and it doesn't mean he can't be an effective slot receiver. There's a lot to like about his game, especially going to this style of offense that's going to utilize short to intermediate passing. So there is hope for him to make the roster. I'm just very shocked that New England didn't pick him up. I, I mean, let's be real. It does feel like that this would be a perfect New England pick. And lo and behold, New England did make an offer, and he chose to go a different pathway. So for those in Alabama who are hoping for the Mac jones Slade golden connection to reunite, maybe it happens after the final 53. And if so, maybe Bill Belichick once again finds himself a shifty white slot receiver that makes noise as a superstar over time. Mm-hmm. All right, Chicago Bears have released quarterback Nick Foles. Where does he end up? I actually like him to go to the Houston Texans, and the main reason why is I think that his style of play matches Davis Mills in a lot of different ways. And the other thing is that if you're going to see what Mills has, you have to get him a veteran who can come into the building and act as that teacher. One thing that I do think about Nick Foles is that he's going to that point of his career where he's a fringe starter. You play him in a pinch. If your team is, you know, if you have an injury, he's at least a stable guy. He's been in the system for multiple years. If your quarterback is sinking and you know they're going in a different direction, he can at least keep the roster afloat. So a player like Davis Mills, who relies heavily on completions, relies heavily on uh, upside with that, 
you know, coming from an RPO system with Stanford, has a lot of intangibles that you like, but you need to get him a little bit more efficient with more NFL-ready offenses. A guy like Nick Foles makes a lot of sense to bring him in. I could see maybe Jacksonville because of the connection with Doug Peterson bringing him in. I doubt it happens, but you never say never to that kind of situation, especially with Trevor Lawrence. But any team that has a young quarterback on its roster that's looking to strengthen its core should at least consider bringing in Nick Foles for a workout. And then again, Cole, you can also Cole, see Neverland. Cole. We have uh, less than a minute. Uh, Looking looking ahead really quick to 2023, let's say the Texans have the first overall pick in the draft. Do they go Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud uh, out of Ohio State? 20 seconds. 20 seconds. I believe they go Will Anderson, personally. I think they need to get a premier pass rusher. They need to get somebody who can work up field. They need to get somebody who can be a double-digit sack artist. And they didn't address defensive end in the draft. So I do think that if they were to go one position – you got to go edge rusher, and there's not a player like Will Anderson available after the number one overall pick. Cole Thompson, reporter Thanks, at, Cole. at Fan Nation. Again, that's Cole Thompson, and uh, great job, my man. Thank you. Have a great day. All right, man. We'll be back live from AVX. Hi, this is Wes McClooney, owner of the New Balance Birmingham store. Achieving your personal best often comes down to how you feel. And when it comes to the right shoes, nothing feels better than New Balance. The fit specialist at the New Balance Birmingham store conduct an in-depth analysis of your foot size, shape, and gait, determining the best New Balance shoes for you. Experience the difference of custom fit today at the New Balance Birmingham store on Highway 280 next to Chick-fil-A. New Balance Birmingham. Your feet will thank you. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option. High-intensity focused ultrasound or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for high food treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHEALTH.com. I'm excited to tell you about our newest sponsor here on the Jay Barker Radio Network. They pioneered the Chicken Finger Box and the Chicken Finger Restaurant. That's Guthrie's. Guthrie's recipes and processes are often imitated but never duplicated. Look, their sauce is probably the most copied sauce of all sauces all time. And I've known this family since my days down in Tuscaloosa. And they came over and, man, I tell you, it's nostalgic even today to see my kids going to that same Guthrie's. And great family. Do so much for the community, but more importantly, provide the best when it comes to chicken fingers. Get out to Guthrie's today. I want to tell you about my good friends at Southern Assurance Group. Hi, it's Jay Barker, and look, Ken Needham has done a terrific job. Local company, 205-980-1505 is their number. That's 980-1505. Again, local, you can speak with the same team every time you give them a call. Full line of products from Auto Home, Boat Life. You'll trust them. They have a great uh, deal as far as the relationships they build with their customers and 20 years with the same company and industry. Custom approach for your insurance needs. Give them a call, 980-1505. That is Southern Assurance Group. Hi, Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. 
1-800-273-8869. Whether it's for lunch or dinner, head out to the Cajun Steamers, a New Orleans-style joint that serves authentic Cajun and Creole food, cold beer, and great drinks. They are known for their wide array of Cajun classics and original creations prepared in an authentic fashion. This Louisiana kitchen can have you slapping the table for more. Stop by the Cajun Steamer and sign up for your Alabama, LSU, or Auburn fan card. Eat with the Cajun Steamer while your team is on TV and use your fan card to receive a 15% discount on your entire meal. With locations in Hoover, Trustful, Huntsville, and Franklin, Tennessee, they've got you covered. Head out today to the Cajun Steamer. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There he is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's GoFan.letter C, letter O. Birmingham's best Mexican restaurant for over 20 years and counting. That's La Paz Restaurant in Crestline Village and Mount Laurel. They've got a great staff. It's delicious menu, award-winning cheese dip, and margaritas and vibrant atmosphere have helped to make La Paz a local favorite. Blue corn nachos, Texas barbecue quesadillas, steak and blue quesadillas, Baja fish tacos, signature fajitas, and much, much more. So head over to La Paz today. If you want a great lunch or a great dinner, you'll find all that at La Paz, Crestline, and Mount Laurel for lunch or dinner. WTUG HD2 Northport and W265CG Tuscaloosa, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Who you are is more important than what you do. The only way that you're going to have any kind of success in your life, you have to buy into a process of what it takes to reach a goal. How can I be the best I can be at what I do? How much of your time was spent and how much was it invested in your goal? Can't do it unless you can overcome adversity because that's what makes great things great is the things that you had to overcome to accomplish them. We have about five choices in our life, and everybody has a choice as to what they want to do and how they want to do that. But if you're going to be excellent or elite, you got to do special things. You have to have special intensity. You have to have special focus. It doesn't matter what God-given ability that you have, but without the rest of it, I'm not sure you ever get excellent or elite. You have to have toughness. What does it take to break you? I don't care what circumstance you're faced with. What does it take to break your focus, to make you give in? You're tired or you don't feel like giving effort or finishing the play like you should? I'm not saying it's our goal to try to break you. It's just the way it is in football. It's going to be difficult. You're getting yourself ready to play at a high level. And just because you got beat on the last play, that can't affect the next play. That's breaking you. Your frustration is breaking you. What does it take to break you? We should help others. We should serve other people all the time. You cannot be a leader and affect other people if you're not willing to serve other people. Think of our lives as every day we should appreciate the opportunity that we have to accomplish and affect something. Earn this. Everybody made all these sacrifices for you to live. Go live a good life. Be a good father. Help other people. Accomplish something of significance. Make a difference. That would be my message to everybody here. Make a difference and help everybody's spirit in a positive way. God bless you and roll tight. Jay Barker led the Crimson Tide to a national championship in 1992. Winner of the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award and a finalist for the Heisman Trophy. Voted the SEC Player of the Year and was drafted by the Green Bay Packers. Also seeing time with the New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. He is the winningest quarterback in Alabama history. 35-2-1. Member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. 
Jay Barker brings that same championship quality and football expertise to his own radio network and show. Joining him is Lars Anderson, New York Times bestselling author, 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, and professor at the University of Alabama. Live from the AVX Studios in Birmingham, Alabama, The Jay Barker Show. All right, welcome back in. Hour number two, and our thanks to not only Chris Walsh, but Cole Thompson. Really good on the NFL draft. we got Andrew Bone going to be joining us here momentarily, and uh, supposed to join us around 105, so look forward to that and have a chance to uh, visit with him about uh, the Crimson Tide, what this means for them, and the uh, recruiting aspect of an NFL draft, and uh, just all the guys who've gone on and performed at such a high level. Uh, don't forget, we're presented by Top Golf of Birmingham. Get out to Top Golf today. You'll love it. Mark Grenier, all the great folks, which Mark is actually left leaving Top Golf of Birmingham, taking over even a better position, continues to move up. But a lot of the great guys out there at Top Golf, and uh, they'll take care of you. Whether it's charity events, birthday events, bachelor parties, bachelorette parties, or fundraisers, like we said, you'll love it. With coworkers, family, and friends, we call it the bowling of this generation. Also, we are driven by. Sonny King Ford on the sunny side of the street. Get out and see Tony Russell and all the great folks there at Sonny King Ford. I got to say, Lars, Cole has uh, been awesome over the last uh, few days, as well as all of our guests. But whenever you bring a new guest in like that, that's that knowledgeable of the NFL draft, and that brings that much energy, uh, the guy's got a bright future. There's no doubt about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, he puts a lot of time, energy into uh, analyzing draft prospects, and I love it, too. You know, when I was, uh, gosh, like a, uh, I don't know, freshman in college, I wrote a letter to Mel Kuyper and said I, I just would love to like be your intern or be your helper whatever i'll do it for free and i and i never uh i, I never heard back from him but uh i mean that that just illustrates to you guys like how much i enjoy the draft and and i enjoy talking about it uh jay and again we've we, we have discussed this a lot but it, it's so fascinating to me how different teams different gms go about constructing their teams mm -hmm. where do you put the area of emphasis and, uh, and and it's always shifting and clearly uh the nfl landscape right now uh, on the nfl landscape right now wide receiver has become a premium position I, I would say almost the number two most important position behind quarterback based on what they're getting paid mm -hmm. and i think that's why you had six wide receivers go in the first round because as mentioned, uh, just these huge contracts that wide receivers are getting, and uh, you simply can't afford to have two of these guys on your roster at such a high salary cap hit, and so you want to have them on the rookie contract. And normally we just talk about having quarterbacks on the rookie contract, but now we're talking about having wide receivers on the rookie contract to give you more salary cap flexibility. Yeah, and the reason why, Matt, because they're playing in space now. Used to, and, and you might give credit to Hal Mummy or to Russ Probst or any of those high school coaches who really began, and maybe even go back further than that. That's just the ones that I remember the most that really said, okay, we're going to go spread the, spread the field. We're going to make you defend the entire field. We're not just going to line up, run the veer, run the power out. We're not just going to come out there and make you stop block. 
So when they started running those offenses, they were able to go to the baseball field, the basketball court, to the anywhere where there's a great athlete and say, look, you're not going to have to get hit as much. You're going to play in a system. And then the seven-on-sevens that we see now every year, the quarterback training with the wide receiver training, all the things that go into it that's so different than it was 20, 30 years ago. So as I talked about before, I watched it in the CFL happen because the field is so wide. I said, how can we play the game, play it in space, get the best athletes out in space. If you can hit them in time, then what can they do? They can make a guy miss and then off to the races making a big play. So that's happened in high school football. It's now trickled up through to college. It's going to continue to trickle up through the pros. And I think what they're seeing is that as the quarterback is changing, they better get the receivers, the surrounding guys around them in order to be successful. And these receivers, uh, large matter, are not the same that they used to be. I mean, these guys are not they're great runners. They can go up and catch the ball. They have a great uh, – a lot of these guys, we, we even talk about from receivers to defensive backs with Coach Saban. What does Coach Saban say he loves? A guy that can play the outfield. He always loves the guy that can read the ball. And uh, so this is what's changing about the game. And I think it's changing in a great way. And the other thing, too, is the pressure – that that many receivers puts on the defense to keep the safeties out of the run game gives you better gives you better numbers with hat on hat when it comes to the run game for your quarterback or for your running back. Are the days of the NFL team having two really really good wide receivers gone? Uh, and, and but what do you mean? Are two? your second? Well, you know, and I go back to the old days like um, Carol Dale and Boyd Dollar with uh, Bart Starr. I mean, they were both just unbelievable receivers. Um, I'm trying to think back to the days of Stabler. He had mm-hmm. um, Cliff Branch on one side, and, of course, he had Casper at, at, at a tight end. But where well, you had two guys that could literally burn you. Yeah. Um, are they gone, and are the second-tier guys, Lars, I'll direct this, are the well, second-tier? Like, it's, like, it's like Taylor and Rice, right? I mean, you had the same yes. thing with those. there you go. Yeah. There's an even better example, yeah. one that people will remember as opposed to my archaic mind. But <laughs> – um, is this raising the, the ship level for the second-tier receivers? I mean, it's, it's got to be. I mean, it's just math, isn't it? It, it is Like math. a Mechie. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the uh, Arizona Cardinals, right, they acquired uh, Marquise Brown, and they already have DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. So they're going to have to be paying both of these guys. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. Uh, they drafted a safety in the first round specifically because uh, Jesse Bates is up for a huge deal. And uh, Jesse, without Jesse Bates, uh, a safety out of Wake Forest entering his uh, fourth year, Bengals franchised him. Without him, I don't think the Bengals make the Super Bowl. But you know what they're doing? They drafted a safety in the first round so they don't have to pay Bates. Mm-hmm. And what they're going to do is they're going to apply that money to T. Higgins, Who's up for a con- a big big deal uh, next year? And then they're still saving money. They're not going to let Jamar Chase go, and so they want to. It, it, it's all a, 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 a it is a game of math. And where do you want to allocate your assets? Yeah, good points. Andrew Bone is up, so just got that message and uh, and probably got it earlier than I'm seeing it now. So thank you, Joe and the guys. But uh, Andrew, sorry to have you hanging on with us. But uh, from Bama Insider, and always our best when it comes to recruiting. First of all, I hope you and the family are doing well. You had a rough week last week with a lot of sickness going through the home, so I hope you guys are feeling better. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, we we tried to link up a few different times last week, but uh, but you know every single time we tried, it was just it was a uh, a nightmare scenario for my house. 
last week, but everybody is on the mend. Everybody's good. We're all feeling good. So it's a new week, and uh, we're ready to go. What is the, I guess, the takeaway from draft weekend? Uh, you say only seven, but you look at the numbers the Alabama's had drafted over the last 15 years under Coach Saban. Georgia gets 15 guys drafted. Talk about how does that impact recruiting? Well, it helps. I mean, yeah, nothing's going to really change as far as uh, the top dogs of the country, you know, in terms of Georgia or Alabama or Ohio State. You know, kids understand, you know, those are programs that are going to produce NFL talent year in and year out. I, I think, you know, where it helps, I think it helps some of these other programs. I mean, you look at, us, uh, you know, Cincinnati. I mean, think about how many graphics mm-hmm. they had. Uh, this year, you know, does that help them moving forward? And you know, does it help some of the other other programs? Penn State, obviously, you know, I think Penn State recruits, you know, extremely well. If they're having to go up against uh, Ohio State, they've recruited extremely well for the last few years under James Franklin, and you know, they had some more great draft picks. So I think it helps some of the other programs out more so than it does the Alabamas and Georgias and and Ohio States of the world. Now next year, you know, we know how much talent's coming out of Alabama next year, especially you know if the guys who are entering their junior season decide to come uh, come out as we you know, certainly expect. Um, Alabama's going to have a, a big number of, of, of guys in uh, in next year's draft, and potentially a one and two. So uh, obviously that would uh, you know that would be some more recruiting material for Alabama. But you know at the end of the day, you know Alabama, you know Ohio State, Georgia. Uh, you know those top end programs that continue to produce elite talent every single year. You know they're going to continue to get the, the best recruits in the country. I don't think a, a recruit right now is looking at Georgia saying, "Oh my gosh, they produced 15 NFL draft picks," whereas Alabama only produced seven. Kids know about Alabama. They don't have to worry too much about Alabama producing NFL talent. Um, you know, as opposed, you know, even though they had eight less guys go in the draft, you know, this is probably. What Georgia's best team in the last, uh, you know, 50 years, and it was very, you know, senior heavy class. So, um, yeah, you know, they had some underclassmen that also came out, but uh, but I, I think next year we're going to see a big number of uh, guys come out of Alabama. We're going to see probably more from Alabama than just about any other school, and you know, still going to be kind of the same situation. Kids are still going to go to, uh, you know, the top end programs in the country, and obviously we're seeing what NIL is able to do. Um, and the amount of money that's being spread, you know, that way. And uh, I certainly think that obviously some some other programs are starting to benefit from that. I mean, you know, a few months ago we were talking about, you know, which programs are going to, you know, benefit. And, I, you know, I, saw, oh, I started thinking back then, you know, it's going to be the programs that are in these bigger markets um, that, you know, may not have had as much success over the course of the last, you know, 10, 15 years. And you know, I was thinking about Georgia Tech over in Atlanta. I hadn't really seen a, a a big change at Georgia Tech, but where we are seeing changes, we're seeing obviously Miami, we're seeing um, Tennessee. You know, Tennessee is a program that uh, wasn't attracting a lot of top end recruits, but now with uh, these collectives and NIL, you're starting to see more top end recruits uh, interested in Tennessee uh, because of the, the amount of money. So it's just uh, it's crazy what NIL has been able to do, especially. You know, for some of these programs that you know aren't necessarily the uh, the Bamas and Georgias and Ohio States of the world. 
Andrew, I'm so fascinated by the correlation of star rank coming out of high school and then how many of the top players uh, ranked out of high school go in the first round of the NFL draft. Okay, so this year you had nine former five stars go in the first round, and then you, and which was nearly a record, and then you had 12 former four stars go in the first round. So that is, by my uh, horrible math, it's 21 out of 32 of the first-round picks were either four or five stars. Meanwhile, 13 five-stars went undrafted, uh, including Justin Ross, which I think is like just uh, such a sad story. Such a sad story. But um, does this the, the fact that 21 of the 32 picks were either four or five stars does that just affirm to you more than ever that what you do and 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 the uh, the the recruiting process and the, all the recruiting analysts, the recruiting websites, they are just getting better and better than ever. Well, I think so. Yeah, it, it certainly helps when you when you have these big you know, recruiting sites. You know, whether it's Rivals dot com, on three sports. 24-7 sports, when you have a, a big network and you can go out and evaluate kids throughout the entire country, you can have your own football camps, you have, you know, you can go to seven-on-seven events and, you know, you see guys get early, get, get offered earlier and earlier, you know, it, it's always tough in the early part of a kid's recruitment, you know, let's say there's a top one, you know, obviously there's a top 100 list right now, but it's going to get cleaned up a lot over the course of the next uh, eight months because you know, a lot of these early kids, you know, kids who are five stars or four stars at this point in their recruitment, they are, you know, kind of based on offers. Uh, and, and a lot of these offers are not committable. So once you kind of get through the summer, you realize who does have that committable offer. Uh, and once you kind of see kids, you're like, all right, that guy's a definite dude. He can play. He's an elite kid. He's going to be a big time player at Alabama. Or he's going to be a big time player at uh, you know, Georgia or wherever it may be, you get a chance to see a lot of these kids in person and evaluate them back 20 years ago when, you know, everybody used to judge recruiting websites. And obviously you're supposed to judge them based on the rankings. There weren't a lot of eyes out there. You know, they, they may, there may have been, you know, a couple national guys throughout the country. There may have been, you know, a regional guy, but now you have so many different people in just about every single state. I mean, you know, just, you know, in the state of Alabama, you have, you know, I'm not the only person in the state of Alabama. There's other people who cover, you know, whether that's Auburn, there's other people who cover Alabama, there's people who cover just high school recruiting in the state. But that's in most of the states really throughout the entire country. So you're getting a lot of, lot more eyes on people, getting a lot better in terms of uh, evaluating and uh, and seeing kids go off to, uh, you know, big-time programs and develop. Obviously, you're, you're always going to have those guys that fall through the cracks. And they don't, they don't just fall through the cracks on the recruiting rankings. They fall through the cracks uh, for college coaches because, you know, Alabama may, uh, you know, may not offer a kid. And, you know, a couple of years later, that kid is a, uh, you know, a top 10 NFL draft pick. Uh, and a lot of it's because they developed a little bit later on in life. They, you know, they didn't, they may not have gone to a football camp. They may not have had the money to travel. They may have been taking care of, uh, you know, a sick relative and, and just didn't get a chance to get seen or get out there. The coach didn't put their film out there or, uh, or you know, in the case of a guy like J.J. Watt, 
from a few years ago. Yeah, JJ went to a uh, a, um, a football camp, or excuse me, yeah, I guess it was a football camp at six foot, you know, two, six, three, about 190 pounds during his senior season, and uh, right before his senior season. So you don't know how much a kid's going to develop over the course of a, of a couple of years, and obviously he turned into a great player, and that happens a lot of times, but I think when you look at the draft this year, the amount of five stars, four stars that got that got drafted, especially in, in the first round, uh, and the low percentage of kids who are five stars and four stars, I think that speaks volumes to the uh, to the recruiting industry as a whole. It's come a long way since Forrest Gump. I mean, Forrest Davis. Oh my God, <laughs> <laughs> Forrest oh, Davis. Man. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, that was the yeah, yeah. For, for, the, the, By the way, where did Forrest rank? But it has come a long way since Forrest Gump as well. Yeah. <laughs> where did well, Forrest Davis? I'm sorry. I love star. Forrest Davis. Huh? Was Gump a four or five star? I think he was definitely a five star. Out of Greenbow, Alabama. <laughs> Greenbow, wasn't it? Greenbow. <laughs> we totally missed it. Yeah, Andrew Bone did not. Andrew Thanks, Bone did Bone. not. Andrew, thank you, my man. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Have a great one. Andrew Bone, Bama Insider. You can see him on Bama Insider Live on their Facebook Live as well as their Bama Insider YouTube page. Always great information about recruiting and all things Crimson Tide. Andrew Bone, that's at Andrew J. That's the letter J, Bone. Andrew, letter J, Bone. That's his Twitter handle. All right, we'll be back. Continue more with Mick Gillespie coming up here. He'll be with us here in about uh, 10 minutes, so stay tuned to that. Look forward to hearing his take on the Crimson Tide, the draft, and much more. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A warm afternoon, the sky partially sunny, the chance of a few scattered showers or storms through the evening hours. The high today, 84, tonight's low 65. Tomorrow, a mixture of clouds and sunshine, and again, the chance of scattered showers and thunderstorms, the high 85. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 83 degrees in Tuscaloosa. was uh, Lars Anderson riding off in his Harley just now <laughs> <laughs> behind the scenes. All right, uh, great. Have you ever ridden a Harley? I actually have. I have I've not. actually burnt my calves so bad on a Harley. <laughs> on the tailpipe? Yes. <laughs> Ouch. Yes. Dumb me. Uh, but it was fun. Did it hurt as bad as Matt, your fall in the hallway? <laughs> here, here you go, guys. You want to Matt, Matt, uh, oh man, yeah, dude, that's uh, you got you, You're you literally have a wounded knee. It's my father's Sorry, that favorite. Was, that, book. Was a, that was a Jay Barker. Do not call Alexander Snart. My father yeah. had on wounded knee many times. On wounded knee, the book. Yeah, I guess right, we that got apple didn't far. Far what? Far, far fall. Whatever. Hey Jay, I did want to ask you about Slade Bolden. Yeah, uh, and 
I just I don't understand one why he declared. I guess there must be something behind the scenes that I don't have privy to, but uh, I, I don't think any of us are surprised that he didn't get drafted. But how do you think he is going to fit into the NFL? I think he'll be great. I, th- I think a lot of it was wear and tear on his body, to be honest. I think he felt like that he needed to get out now and try to either be drafted or find a great spot on free agency. And I think for him, um, he'll find it. He's a hard worker. He's a great leader. He'll be a great locker room guy. Everybody's going to love him. The coaches will love him. So I, I think it, w- wherever he's going to end. He, where he's he's gonna, Ravens. Yeah, Ravens. Yeah. And that's a great spot for him. Well, um, it's like Cole said. He was the yeah. only. He's the only signee of this draft, right. the Ravens. That's that wide receiver. Mm-hmm. I, I think that bodes well. Do you, do you think they had conversations beforehand? Uh, I kind of got to think that they did, and maybe that influenced his decision. Because on the surface, I'm thinking what he could have been with this offense coming up in 2022. Uh, boy, major role. Uh, sometimes he can line up in the backfield, slot. Yeah. I don't know if he can go absolutely wide, but then he's a he's a very um, what do you, what's he's a very protected. He's a good punt returner he because yeah. he doesn't make mistakes. I mean, and, and Jay, don't you think he really could have had, like Matt said, a very very prominent role in this Alabama offense, given the lack of depth right now or or experience, I should mm-hmm. say, at the wide receiver position. Wait till you see the four guys coming in. That might have a lot to do with it. You mean Kendrick Third Law and those guys? Oh, man. I, I hear Kendrick's great so things about uh, Kendrick, Kendrick's that, there already. That's the explanation. I, I think. I mean, I, I think you realize kind of the writing on the wall. Um, but at the same time, I think you know, like all of the guys he came in with are gone now, and it kind of feels good to be with your guys, you know. But, but yeah, he could have come back. He's a great baseball player, number one. And uh, talking about baseball. Tennessee pitchers do it 105.5 miles per hour this weekend. We need to dive into that when, when we get Mick. I mean, I've, I've hit that maybe eight of ten times before. <laughs> eight of ten? Was that when you were pitching against Forrest Gump? It was. It was actually the batting cage <laughs> where I was bunning. <laughs> Whenever I hear this ACDC song and they say the 21 gun salute, yeah. my personal 21 gun salute is when I like crouch down now and my knees cracking 21 times. <laughs> I thought it was after you get done with your bicep. did about 121 a minute ago. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take a break. We got Mick Gillespie, Bama Insider, coming up next here live from ABX. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX studios in downtown Birmingham. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option, high-intensity focused ultrasound, or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHealth.com. Hi, it's Jay Barker for AVX, Audio Video Excellence. They are the premier provider for custom audiovisual design and installation in the Southeast. AVX seeks excellence in everything it does, including a superior employee experience. AVX offers employees an industry-leading salary, insurance benefits, and 401k options. AVX technicians also receive the highest level of certification and continue training, making it one of the most awarded and decorated companies in the industry. Career opportunities are available now for technicians in Birmingham and Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. Join the AVX team by contacting them at avxinc.com. 
Gary Burley here for Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. As a 10-year National Football League veteran, you can imagine my surprise being diagnosed with cancer and starting chemotherapy treatment back in 2014. I suffered from a lot of pain and offered up prayer during those days as I made it into remission. But I developed neuropathy. Anyone that suffers from this condition knows the pain is excruciating. Nerve numbness and tingling along the tissue that won't heal. I tried everything for relief, folks, until my wife suggested I call Dr. Williford of Williford Chiropractic and wellness. I called at 205-909-7373 and scheduled an appointment. After three treatments, I began experiencing relief that I haven't had in years. If you're suffering from neuropathy, I suggest you reach out to Dr. Williford and his great staff at WilfordChiropracticAndWellness.com. Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. Give them a call at 205-909-7373. Balance your brain. Balance your life. Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Hi, it's Jay Barker for Siebel's in downtown Homewood, and now's the time to get your special place ready. Come in and let Siebel's design your porch with Kingsley Bait Outdoor Furniture and one of their custom swinging beds. For the great room, you're going to need their Carson Swivel Recliner. Siebel's is the number one Carson Recliner dealer in the country, and Sarah and I, we've got one, and we absolutely love it. Be sure also to check out their famous custom-made beds and bunk beds built by Siebel's and made up with some of their best linens in town. Their staff can truly put your bed together like no other store. You can also follow Siebel's and shop on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood. The number is 800-448-1962. That's 800-448-1962. And just for listening, go to Siebel'sCottage.com and order anything you want and type in Jay Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on The Jay Barker Show. Siebel's in downtown Homewood or online at Siebel'sCottage.com. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's GoFan.letterC letter O. All right, welcome back in. And uh, we turned on the race on our TV. Matt Coulter said, hey, we got to get over to FS1. Right now, Chastain is leading, right? This guy's amazing. Once the again. watermelon man, he just won a week ago in Dallalega. Way to go, Ross. And again, this is a delay from yesterday. Yeah, they it rained out yesterday, and Lars was commenting a lot of NASCAR beat riders were griping because had they started the race what an hour earlier on Sunday, yeah, you get they'd all uh, be cozy now. Yeah, yeah, you get you get to uh, oh, there goes my pick. You, you get to halfway, 
and then you get to go home and there's nothing worse after you've been there since you fly in you get there like uh, Thursday. Thursday night and uh, oh there's nothing you're worse at than the flying track. on a private plane <laughs> no no staying for, in the no, most no for the reporters <laughs> for those of us who are oh, like flying in yeah, the back yeah, of yeah. the bus and coach Whatever. and uh, you're on the Roy <laughs> the rest of y'all. <laughs> And that what Dabo said. I, I love Actually, that. But, but but Dover is fun because you stay in a, the casino right there. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's and why so, they don't want to stay. They don't want to lose any more money. Yeah, uh, anyway. I, I've lost. I, I've given them. I've donated a lot of money to the casino at Dover. Joe didn't play our song. Mickey Mickey, you're so fine. Uh, <laughs> you want to sing it in unison? No. I, 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 just real quick yeah. on uh, before the uh, stallions kicked off on uh, Saturday night, I was uh, driving around and uh, I was in I think Vestavia, and I saw the flyover guys. I'm like, gosh, the USFL, the one thing they are mm-hmm. definitely it's doing right is the flyovers. Yeah. Well, they got a bunch of bases around here. They can do yeah. that. Do that uh, but I, that's not cheap. They have to pay for it. They do have to pay for it. But something tells me Fox, if they're going to do it every Saturday, mm-hmm. uh, Fox has probably worked a deal, and they're you know offering some military advertising in exchange. That's, that's just a guess. That's mm. your advertising coming out of you. That's right. Mick Gillespie joining us now from Fairhope, Alabama. Sent me a picture earlier of, of uh, he and his wife on a boat out on the water. I'm like, can you come on the show today? One th- he's like, man, look at the picture. Like, I'm like, I'm coming there tomorrow. <laughs> Look great, Mick. What's down. happening? Well, yeah, uh, man, hey. come on down. What I, I only need one invite. <laughs> I'd love to have you. I mean, wow. the weather's mm. fantastic. This is the time of year where you better get out on that water. Tell me about the new boat. Well, it's a Key West, and um, you know it, it rides pretty dry, and it's it's not too big, but it's not too small, and uh, you know we're just kind of breaking it in right now. But I got. Got my fishing rods ready, so in between baseball games and, you know, the other stuff that I do, I, I can't wait to get out there. I mean, uh, you know, they always say, you know, you got to have uh, friends with a boat. Well, I do have friends with a boat, but they just don't go out enough for me. That's why I got my own, you know, so I can get out. <laughs> and I just love to fish. What do you fish I just for? love to be on the water. Uh, well, you know, snapper a lot down here, um, sheephead, uh, redfish. Mm-hmm. You know, tree, uh, just just kind of whatever's in season, you know, like what, whatever's at triple tails, you know, where they're at. And then there's a lot of trout out there, and they're actually pretty good. I, it, 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 you you got to cut them for the right way. There's a lot of small bones. But yeah, it's a, it's a lot of great fish in here. All right, so when you, when you fish and you bring them in, do you cook them right away? <laughs> Sometimes. It just depends. Yeah, I mean, it's if, so good you know, like that. if we, God. yeah, I mean, we, we will do that. And then, you know, and sometimes you, you save them for later. You know, we go out snapper fishing. I've been fortunate because um, uh, Bricken and Jay, the guys I go with, have a lot of great spots. And so basically what, how it works is, you know, we'll go out in the morning. We'll have our limit caught, which you're only allowed two each, you know. We'll have the limit caught by noon, and then we go to Tacky Jack's down at Fort Morgan and drink beer. So, I mean, that's kind of our fishing. <laughs> that's fishing for us, you know. <laughs> it's a good time. Home, Wait, home the, fir- the first name. The first name was, the first name is Bricken. Bricken, yeah, yeah, Bricken. His um, so his grandfather, like UJ, was a great athlete at Alabama. Uh, Richardson okay. McKenzie, the first, I think he was a basketball player. And from what him and his brother told me, and uh, they were fraternity brothers of mine back in the day, that uh, Dick Dick McKenzie shot baskets underhand back when Alabama shot him underhand. Mm. But I know I was doing a. 
I don't know if it was an SEC network game or a, a game for CTSN, but I, I remember like somebody had a really high free throw percentage, and I was looking through like, hey, this guy's free throw percentage is really good. It's in the top ten, and I saw his name on there. So I guess the, the underhand basket's really worked for him. <laughs> Mick, uh, before we get into NFL draft and all things Alabama, I'm curious. Like, living in Fairhope, one, where where do you fly out of? And two, do you have any travel tips that you can share with our audience? <laughs> he has one of those planes See, that, that can fly off the water. Yeah. Hey, look. No, oh, no, no, I wish I did. This, this is, information. This is information people can use. He just pulls yeah. it right to his dock and he just jumps in. <laughs> Yeah, my son runs outside and he goes, the plane, the plane, you know, he points at the sky. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> oh, that's old, old school. school right there. Fantasy that is old school right there. <laughs> Coming at you. You know, uh, well, I got I to gotta tell you that I actually live in Montreux, which is uh, right in, it's part of Fairhope. It, this is, I've told you guys before, this is like Jimmy Buffett's home neighborhood right here. So we're like right there. Yeah. Um, now, be honest, is it like... A buddy of mine says Sunnyside is East Rosemary. So are you really in Fairhope? <laughs> hey, when, when we first moved here, we were like right across from the pier. And then and then we went from there oh, like wow. a, a street down. And then the problem was I just didn't have enough room, you know. So where I'm at now, I have a studio and, I have, you know, we have four bedrooms. We just had yeah, – there wasn't enough space. And the, and the crazy part was that we were trying to get – I wanted to stay in the Fruit Nut District, but it, it, they just didn't have anything. <laughs> Because of the way that the uh, the market is, and he, I mean, it's it just—is that where all the got, liberals you know, the live now? The market's nuts right now. <laughs> got to stay away from them. No, I'm just kidding. Look, Whoa. I don't know. That, I, no, we're, that's, we're where very, I, that's where I need to move. Yeah, we're very we're very eclectic here, man. We, we're we're all kinds, yeah, you know. Man. Like we, except we still get along, you know. Like if if you uh, disagree, we're not trying to you know cut your Twitter off. On. No, you just, you disagree mm. and have a beer. You know, we're kind of laid back. Yeah, uh, but no, out. yeah, it's, it's it's right here. I, I live right near a place. There used to be a bar called uh, Judge Judge Roy Bean back in the day. It's not too far yeah. from there, but mm-hmm. it's in it's in Fairhope, man. It's part of Fairhope District. Um, I think if you came here, you'd be like, oh yeah, that's why your that's why your uh, homeowners insurance is so much. You're too close to the water. <laughs> and I tell you, I agree. I mean, just stop paying this each Those, month. Hey, the, but but the mossy oaks there are just beautiful. Ugh. Well, yeah, like, that's the thing you fall in love with down here. It, it, it's the, the live oaks. They're, some of them are 300 years old. And, who, you know, who knows who planted them? You know, we kept driving by sometimes thinking, who planted this tree 300 years ago? But it's still beautiful. And that's and that's cool. And I fly out of Pensacola. But I, I'm, I'm told that, uh, Lars, I'm told that Mobile is going to do an airport that's closer. So if, it, if they can get an airport oh, that I don't have to go through, like, seven, eight, you know, stoplights to get there. Um, then I, I'd probably do it. So that's what they're telling me it's coming, but it, I'm a Pensacola flyer. This is going to sound bad, but one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen was in a Kitty Stabler golf tournament. And she, and, and she Shocker. Lived, in a, yeah. lived in a trailer. <laughs> I wasn't married Not yet. for long. Not at that tournament. <laughs> she lived in a three-bedroom condo at the end of that day. <laughs> hey, guys, the crazy thing, Jay, is that we yeah. all know who you're talking about down here. And she's actually lived like four blocks up. <laughs> Hi guys. Yeah. Doing well. Hey, let's take a break because we need to come back and talk. Bama draft, all that, and I wasted way too much time talking about no, it. Stuff. Fun. All right. We'll be back. Mick Gillespie joining us here live from ABX.
You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A warm afternoon, the sky partially sunny, the chance of a few scattered showers or storms through the evening hours. The high today, 84, tonight's low 65. Tomorrow, a mixture of clouds and sunshine, and again, the chance of scattered showers and thunderstorms, the high 85. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 83 degrees in Tuscaloosa. All right, lots of fun with uh, Mick Gillespie out of Fairhope, Alabama, but with Bama Insider. Actually, he's everywhere doing baseball stuff and all kinds of great shows. Real quick, before we get back to uh, talking draft and all that, tell everybody how they can find you. Yeah, check me out on Twitter, at Broadcaster Mick. Um, and then, uh, obviously, on the Bama Insider site, which is uh, YouTube, TV, and you know, we put shows on every single day. So, 6 o'clock on Monday. Monday night quarterback, Kyle Henderson, uh, really reminds me of the guy that runs uh, uh, John Boy in baseball. You know, he's just a really smart guy, and he's kind of come up with this whole thing. And he's our boss. And then uh, Andrew Bone, who is, you know, one of the greats in recruiting, and he's been that way for a long time. So check us out, Bama Insider, YouTube TV, and we got shows on, like I said, every day. What is your Tinder account? <laughs> Yeah, I don't have I got Instagram. Instagram. No, no, I'm sorry you're married. Instagram. Never mind. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, let's get to Alabama Instagram, draft. What was the big t- Facebook. big the big t- <laughs> the, the big takeaway from uh, the draft? What was it I mean seven guys taken, not the normal amount, first round, whatever else, but what's happened? Fifteen for Georgia, a record breaking performance for them in the draft. But just kind of give us your overview of it. Look, I, I mean, just talking to Alabama, um, I think the Giants, they, they got a guy who's going to be on their offensive line for 10 years, maybe longer, right? And the fact that Evan Neal got to pick six, you know, look, there's nothing wrong with being pick six. I mean, that's a great pick, right? But, um, you know, the teams that let, that didn't draft him, right, right, that's the dog, right? The, the teams that didn't draft him made a mistake because he is he, he's a, a game-changing offensive lineman, and that's one of the toughest positions in the NFL. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to see uh, what he's doing. Uh, the other thoughts were that Jamison Williams and, and John Mechie, even with the injuries, still did really well. Uh, you know, I heard a lot of talk that, that you know, that people thought Jamison Williams was the best receiver in, in this year's draft, and they were a really good crop. I mean, just think about all the guys coming out of Ohio State alone, where he transferred in from. But I was glad to see John Mechie go. Um, on the other side of things, I just wish someone would have gotten to Slade Bolden and said, hey, man, come back to Alabama. Not that we're we, – and I saw where he's going to be. Uh, you know, he's a free agent that the Ravens have on their team. It's not that we don't think that you can do it, and it's not that we're doubting you. It's that you're, you're leaving a lot of money on the table because when you're not drafted, you're the first guy. If it's a tie between you and the guy they drafted for a spot, you're not getting it. You know, and it's like you come back to Alabama, take care of the NIL money, and he did a little of that last year. There was a lot more for him to make. 
have a good year and you get drafted and, and your chances of, of making it in the NFL are a lot better. But, we you know, we'll wish him the best. I, I mean, I said it on this show that he wasn't drafted. I just don't think he was ready yet. Mick, who are some of the, uh, or if you could pick out one of the sort of middle to late round Alabama players that you think are going to exceed expectations based on where they were drafted? Oh, man. that That's a good question. I mean, is there someone that I think, okay, yeah, they're going to jump in there and, uh, you know, and do something? Maybe Phil Mathis. I mean, every time you turn around, the yeah. guy's in the backfield chasing down the quarterback. I mean, a lot of it has to do with the team that you get picked on, too. You know, I mean, if you're on, if say, you know, you're a quarterback and you go to, if you're Mac Jones, and instead of going to the Patriots, you go to the Jets, you don't have an offensive line, you don't have a running game, you don't have any receivers, and you're just getting beat up. You look terrible, everybody thinks you stink, you know? So I think a lot of that just has to be what team that you get picked by. I'm, I told you guys before, look, I would love to see Brian Robinson fit in somewhere and just be kind of like, it would not surprise me if, if he's kind of that guy that hangs around in the NFL for a long time. Maybe he's not a pro bowler, but he's just like a guy that is part of winning football because that's what we know him as. So uh, I was excited for him to get picked and, you know, he got picked a little higher than I thought, but I was glad, and I, and I hope that he goes to the NFL and, and maybe he's that guy. He'll be a great special teams player, no doubt. Hey, uh, let right. me do a baseball dive with you. First of all, congratulations to the Cubs and Braves uh, for uh, managing to scrape the bottom of each of their divisions because uh, our teams are not doing very well. Here's the one the Braves can hang their hat on. Cincinnati is 3-19, and two of their wins versus the Braves. Okay, there's my Major League Baseball take now. Let's go to Ben Joyce, who is throwing 105.5 miles per hour at Tennessee. Just for note, the highest, uh, the highest in the major league in major league baseball was Adrolis Chapman, 105.8. Oddly enough, I think that was with the Cincinnati Reds before he went to the New York uh, Yankees. Anyway, um, yesterday Auburn's Bobby Pierce hit the deep ball. Uh, and this is just this is getting back to college. Uh, and he yeah. flipped his bat, got too close to the Tennessee dugout for uh, the Tello's liking. And he takes the bat and throws it back at home plate while the Auburn Tigers oh. are rounding the bases. Uh, but just over the top, in my opinion. That That is a uh, fine, if not suspension, offense. So with the one-minute-long question that I'm asking, just give me your takes on take on all of that. Well, look, I, I got to tell you, you know, I've been friends with Tony since he took the job at Tennessee, and uh, and I like Tony. I mean, he he's definitely a different style of uh, of coaching. And I and I talked to him when I talk, see Tony. I talked to him about what what it was like being around Jim Wells back when Alabama was kind of going through a similar thing uh, when they just were were horrible for years. You know, they had the, the they went to the World Series and. It was like 84, and then they were bad for a long time, you know, or, or mediocre to bad, you know. Jim Wells comes in, and all of a sudden, they're going to the World Series. They're winning games. They have all this momentum, you know. This Tennessee team, and and, and Tony's managing style, his head coaching style is a lot different. I mean, he's kind of a modern guy, you know. He's, he's a, almost a little bit like uh, Joe Madden, who I was around some. 
and as far as like he's a really big players coach, right? But this team, they've kind of taken this personality like they really don't care what we think. They're going to go out there and they're going to you're going if you beat them, you better play a good game. And Auburn and Alabama both beat them, and they're the only two losses they've had. I mean, what are they like seventeen and two? Um, I, I'll tell you that the thing that bothered me, yeah, like twenty, so whatever it is in, in the SEC, and they've got forty wins and you know three losses or something or five or something. I mean, they're they're having an incredible year. The Auburn guy <laughs> hit the home run and basically threw the bat in their dugout. You know, and it was like, okay, yeah. they yeah. throws it back, and it's like that's the. I don't even I honestly I enjoy baseball without analytics. I enjoy baseball with, with you know without all of the nerd stuff. I watch the SEC and it reminds me of what Major League Baseball should be. I, I like Tony. I like him personally and I like the way that he manages and I like the fact that this team kind of has an attitude like they're kind of like uh, I, I would imagine and I wasn't alive for it but I would imagine that they're kind of like the the Oakland A's were back. The guys that came through Birmingham, you know, Charlie Finley A's, you know, Catfish and and, uh, and Reggie. You know, I grew up. I wanted to be Reggie. You know, Reggie was when I was a kid. That's who I wanted to be. I wanted to hit a home run and watch it. I wanted to flip my bat and act like I done. You know, jog around the bases and be that way. Baseball and back in those days, the next guy coming up getting hit. You know. <laughs> It's not really like that as yep. much anymore. You know, there's a lot more personality there. Um, but I, I just, personally, Major League Baseball has become such a boring game. It's crazy that you get more entertainment watching an SEC baseball game, and it's a better game. I, I'm sick of all the shifting in Major League Baseball. I'm tired of all the money in Major League Baseball. I'm tired of a lot of things in the game. I could sit here and talk about it for hours. But when I watch the SEC and I see the, the, the fire and the passion that this year's ball team brings, I love it. And if, if you beat them, like Auburn did on Saturday, like Alabama did on Friday night of their series, you did something. I mean, that's, that's an accomplishment. I thought Auburn played them really tough. But, but at the same time, you know, Tony got a four-game suspension because he ran into fire and bumped him. You know, you, the team needs him out there. So, so what should have happened is the armor pitcher and catcher should have come out with a measuring tape and go one yeah, of right. five. It's, Let's make sure he's pitching it <laughs> from the right distance. <laughs> that would have been the go, best. All right, hey, we, we got to roll. Yeah, we got to roll. That's We're crazy. up against the top of the hour. Mick Gillespie, Bam Insider. Check him out. Thank you, Matt Coulter. Josh Smith, our producer, and our producer down, Joe Gaither at Tide 100.9. Lawrence Henderson, I'm Jay Barker. Thanks for listening in. Join us tomorrow again for our Tuesday edition. Hi, this is Wes McClellan.